Welcome back to Let's Grow Through It. I'm Kristen. And I'm Tessa. And today, well, we actually have Tessa here today, which is cool. (laughs) This is probably our last podcast together for a while. Yeah, I mean, well, she's sitting pregnant a, me. She's sitting on a birth ball right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so congested. I need to take a picture. Yeah, you. I just for the for the memories. I'm in my last week, probably. Yeah, last week before I give birth. This might be our last one. Okay, and until we're gonna, I have a newborn. We're gonna make it a hard one too. We're going to talk yeah. about processing hard emotions after going through betrayal. So I feel like what we do every week when we start to talk about what we want to talk about, we go off on a whole tangent and I'm like, man, we need to be recording this right now. So that's kind of what we were just doing. We were thinking, what are we going to talk about today? We just had a nice little therapy session downstairs and now we've come up to the recording room. Yeah. So this is all pretty fresh and... I think just really important, there have been people that have reached out saying some topics they want us to touch on. I think this would be a really good one for a lot of our listeners is just going through the betrayal and how to actually process the emotion. This actually came from somebody specifically who sent us a message about this and she specifically was saying that all she can find for information out there on how to process is journal or meditate and she doesn't really like journaling and isn't really into meditation and so well obviously those are two things that we really really recommend but we actually did just kind of come up with something else if you aren't a person who journals or a person who meditates or you can't like connect with yourself that way our number one recommendation then is to try therapy because that's with a professional who will guide you to helping you uncover these things that you normally uncover in journaling and meditating but um something else we just talked about is working out that is what we feel like kind of led us actually to becoming a person who was more in touch with herself and was wanted to journal wanted to meditate because when you start working out you get in touch with your body and also if you're going through a really hard thing right now like betrayal working out helps you not focus on that so much and more start putting the focus back on you which I think is a really important step of recovering from betrayal yeah I think if you're struggling to connect with your inner voice and to find it you have to do things that are solely centered around honoring yourself and making yourself feel good that was my kind of gateway to everything was I started eating really clean and I started working out and I started really small it's not like you have to go bench 280 pounds you know like you can like only eat vegetables and right you can decide what you do but it becomes really addictive to a workout mm-hmm. one especially once you start seeing results and you get those endorphins and you're feeling good and you're eating clean and there's kind of this mindset shift that you have of just like taking care of yourself yes and then you want to start being really kind and good to yourself I feel like that was my gateway yeah if you are nowhere near this like it's starting small switching your soda to water that is a huge but little change, but it's a huge thing to do. I was just about to call you out about the Dr. Pepper. I know. I'll call myself out. Listen, (laughs) 
Well, my pregnancy craving is Dr. Pepper. It haunts me. I will see a Dr. Pepper semi on the road, and I can't think of anything else than I have to have a Dr. Pepper right now. But it's so funny because, honestly, like, before that, when's the last time you really, like, drank a soda or bought soda for your no, house? Like, never. Like, we've never bought – we're not soda people. I don't but care when for we, soda. When we lived together, when we were in college, we never drank water. I don't feel like no. we ever drank water. It was no, always something else. Yeah. It was either sweet tea or – coke or diet coke or something like that and yeah so those little changes that will like change your whole life and then you'll look back and be like ew i don't even know how i drank soda this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in williamsburg virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie a golfer a history buff a shopaholic an outdoor enthusiast or a thrill seeker you'll find what you came for here and more so ask yourself what is it you want Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Unless you become pregnant and then you crave Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think just to, to dive in on processing emotion and what we were talking about downstairs is there are a few key points that I think that we could really touch on as far as kind of our journey on healing through the betrayal, just the things that we were touching on downstairs. And I'll just go ahead and yeah, you go. You kind go of dive it. in. Just some stuff that I've been recently going through. We have a lot of a similarity in our story, but then it's also very different in its own way. And so I'm sure most of you guys that have been listening in know um, that I had found out that my husband had cheated on me when I was pregnant with my second baby. And we had a three-year-old, and he cheated on me with what I found out was a stripper. And it was kind of this whole whole thing. You know, I was made to believe it was like a one-time thing. And it was just, you know, there was mental health issues there, and he needed help. And I had kind of felt like, as his wife, I needed to stick by him and and try to work this out and save my marriage. And I owed it to my kids. I owed it to him, you know, to, you know, when you're going through a tough time, like that's when you stick by your people, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I stayed for a year and a year, almost to the date, um, things started getting really, it's very hard to explain unless you're in it. Feeling unsafe. Very unsafe. That is a big thing for us now. And also like understanding what it was in the past is like, that's what it is. You didn't feel safe in the relationship anymore and then when you're trying to rebuild that trust after betrayal not feeling safe is the biggest indicator that like that trust isn't being rebuilt and this person isn't putting in the effort the correct way right and there were a lot of things too you know that he had promised when we had gotten back together things that he could do to make me feel safe and to build that trust by sharing his location me having his passwords and even though I wasn't going to give the energy into going through his stuff or you know, checking his location all the time. I wasn't, I was committed to not doing that, but that was what he wanted to commit to me to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Here's like I'm, everything. Open, I'm an open book. And so, yeah, after that year to the date, changed his phone password, stopped sharing his location with me, started the whole thing back of like, you know, the gaslighting and the manipulation whenever I would bring up things not feeling right, you know, it was always flipped around on me that like, you just don't trust me and this is an issue and You're like, never going to let this go. You're going to yeah. hold this over my head forever. Yeah. yeah. You're crazy. Yep. Heard it all. Yeah. We had been in therapy for a year on and off because I had had my son. I will say like she was an amazing marriage 
therapist. She just really helped me uncover a lot of my inner child wound that I was never able to really connect with before. I had a really standoffish approach to my inner child through Mm -hmm. all my years of therapy in my 20s. But after the affair, I really felt like I could connect with that inner child because it hit such a an old wound for me. I have a very big betrayal wound from my stepfather, you know, who I called my dad for yeah. my whole life, you know, coming out to be this um, child molester, you know, and the way that it like wrecked my whole life. That betrayal is so hard for me. And that was always like the one thing that I said in my marriage, you know, was like, don't cheat on me. Like, that's like the one thing, like, just break up with me. Like, just don't betray me, you know? And so I felt like I was uncovering all these old wounds and why that healing process was so hurtful because it was just triggering this like little girl. And I like had to really learn to go back and love that little girl. And I was, it was the first time I was ever able to do that to like put out a picture of me when I was little and like send love to her instead of like looking at her and just feeling like, oh, I don't even want to do this or like shame or like whatever I was feeling. I felt like for the first time I had a lot of like sympathy for her. Yeah. Because of that work that I had done, I had a lot of self-realization through our healing process of like, I remember it was definitely a lot of ups and downs in our marriage, but I remember at a certain point being like, wow, okay, we're going to get through this. One of the things in our relationship was I'd had what I felt like was such this like deep love for this person. But what it really was was a trauma bond, you know? It was the cycle of like... They don't want you and then they want you and when it's good, it's so good and when it's bad, it's so bad and, and it was also constant. Like, look what I'm willing to do to be with this person. Like yeah. I'm willing to work on myself and fight through something that I wouldn't do for anybody else no. and like this is real love. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. the battle, you know, that you like show up and you're like, okay, I love this person. Like I, that's what I associated with like. I thought that that's what love Mm -hmm. was. And so I was willing to put myself on the back burner. And and I still, it's not like I totally did that. I was working things out. But I was 100% focused on showing up for my husband and getting him through his mental health issues that he was kind of using as his excuse. Yeah. And I remember getting to this point a year later and just kind of being like, obviously the things of him changing his password and stop sharing his location. And, you know, when I would bring it up, it would be a fight and it would just make me feel unsafe, you Mm -hmm. know? And like, in my head, it's like a man who has nothing to hide has nothing to hide, you know? So it's like, why are you doing these things like that? It's the behavior that's making me feel like I can't trust you. And I remember getting to this point where it was like, because I was starting to really heal my inner child and like look back at that little girl, I felt really sad for her that she never had a man that she could trust. That I never had a man I've ever been able to trust and like count on. Mm -hmm. That's not going to like betray me or hurt me. And like, I felt like in my marriage, it was always something that he used against me. Like, you don't trust me. Like, this is your issue. You know what? Like, I deserve to be with somebody that I trust. I deserve to to know a man that's going to be there and that's not going to hurt me and Mm -hmm. not do all this shady stuff. Like, I deserve that. And I remember having this conversation with him, I was pouring tears down. Like, it was the most genuine side of me of this realization of, like, that's all I want, you know? And I remember just being like, and I'm not sure 
that I can have that with you. Like, I need to know that I can have that in our marriage. And I remember him looking me like dead in the eye being like, you can, you can trust me. I think about all those was things this now. this before or after no, this the cheating? Was, this was after the cheating, oh, okay. but it was right before I left. It was mm. right before things started taking a turn. Yeah. But it was, it was after he had changed his password and after he had changed his location. It was like bringing up some uneasy feelings. Mm-hmm. And we had this conversation. Fast forward, it's been a year after that, right? A year and a half since I've left him. We're going through the legal process right now of our divorce. And there's a lot of stuff that has been exposed recently. And it's very interesting because where I feel like in my place of life right now is like I moved on and I'm like so happy. And this stuff is really definitely demanding to be processed, Mm -hmm. you know, where I'm like I'm finding out this new information that he was in fact having affairs the entire time that I thought that we are fixing it. Um, kind of in the most disrespectful way, I think, you know, nothing emotional by any means, but you know, the online girl thing is just like a really tough subject for me. The only fans, I mean, just like so many things that have been exposed through bank statements that obviously you see, you Mm -hmm. know, when you're going through a divorce. And so just seeing the things that he spent money on and while he's trying to save his marriage, quote unquote. And for the last year and a half, I've thought he just cheated on me that one time. And so now, like, I'm finding out that, like, it wasn't a one-time thing. Like, it, and it probably goes way beyond even then, Yeah, because we're only seeing, like, the last two years. Right. Not the last ten, ten years. years. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, and I'm I'm going back and I'm thinking, like, in that time, you know, like, oh, man, that month, like, I thought we were doing so great. You know, I was committed to not going through his stuff and he had a work phone and, like, I didn't feel like that would repair our marriage for me to, like, monitor everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I really had to give it a chance. He took advantage of that, you know? Like, it was still an easy out for him to still cheat. I just want to say, though, even if you were monitoring his stuff, because I was monitoring my ex's stuff, the whole time and it doesn't matter because if they're little sneaky snakes they're gonna find a way to cheat yeah i had my ex's text messages coming to my daughter's ipad so i could check every text message he was getting i had his location and somehow he still had an affair for an entire year i couldn't track when he was with her yeah whatever he was doing there i don't know leaving his phone and having a different phone or something and using WhatsApp for text messages. It is so true. If if they're going to cheat, they're going to find a way. Mm -hmm. And it really doesn't matter. But it's still hurtful. Yeah. Nonetheless, you know, to see the extent of, you know, just he traveled a lot for work and remembering all the gaslighting and all of, like, thinking about how that person can sit with you every week in therapy and watch you cry your eyes out, you know, and being so committed to repairing the marriage and they're not, that has been the hardest thing for me to process right now. It's like I'm going in my my present and I'm I'm happy here. I'm safe here. This is the best karma ever. Like, you yeah. know, like I got what I really wanted and what I deserve, you know. But it doesn't go without saying that this is also my present, you know. And it demands to be dealt with. And I think that part is the really hard part about going through betrayal with somebody that you really love is that it's so much bigger than you like there's so much to uncover and there's so much to to sit with and to feel and it's really overwhelming especially if you were married and have children and then you have to go through the divorce process and you have to learn how to co-parent with this person who you're still like 
healing from Mm -hmm. all of the abuse that you endured while you were with them it's hard how are you processing that for me right now where I'm at with it is that I have to just feel it Mm -hmm. like I'm just allowing myself to be back in that place you know it's like I'll I'll be doing something and then all of a sudden I'm like I remember that bing statement of like that one month you know of all these charges, you know, and I go back to that month of like, I go back to like looking at pictures of that month and I'm just like, dang, like I put myself back there and I just feel the hurt of like the hurt and the betrayal from it. I feel like that's kind of always my first step is that in the past I've always ran from things and I can't do that. I can't. Are you crying about it? Okay, good. Because crying is such a good, if you can like pull a memory and then allow yourself to feel it and then actually cry about it. And then crying is like your body being like, we don't need to hold this anymore. Let's let it go. Let's get this out of here. Shake out this trauma right now and get back to homeostasis. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a few breakdowns. I'm happy and I'm over him, but it's also just like finding out that somebody cheated on you for the first time. It still hurts, you know? I think the biggest thing too is just for what I've been going through is I never felt like that there was something wrong with me because it was just like that one time and it was like this like cry for help is what Mm -hmm. he was saying. Like it was just like this mental health thing and we didn't have a issue in our marriage where there was like anything lacking as far as anything sexual. So I never blamed myself until finding out all this information. Now I'm like, why wasn't I enough? You know, we were talking about this in the kitchen. It's not about me, right? Like we know that it's not a, about me it's about him it's a reflection on who he is but that emotion is still there yeah it's hard to to wonder like why wasn't I enough for this person yeah that's the part of processing and whatever is learning how to love yourself again and also learning how to love past versions of yourself who wanted love from a person that didn't deserve once you like truly truly love yourself and then you realize like I was enough and so now like you won't be in a relationship with somebody who makes you feel like you're not enough it's so true a perk on going through all of that is that the only person that will ever have my back in any kind of great way is myself Mm -hmm. and I have learned that and like my you know my fiance now knows like there's no wiggle room yeah if if there is like even like a little bit of inkling I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. out. Like, that is a, a draw the line, you know? I had this little epiphany the other day. Because, you know, for so long I've been sitting here and I don't trust men, you know? And I don't feel safe to be in a relationship. And I thought it was because, you know, my biggest fear is to get into a relationship and then get cheated on again. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, no, my biggest fear is to get in a relationship and then betray myself again mm-hmm. to stay in that relationship. Yeah. And so I started therapy again and this is kind of something that he, we didn't uncover this in a session, but it came like after, but it's like the first thing that you need to do is you need to rebuild trust with yourself, yourself. Yeah. trust with your intuition. You need to trust. And that's, that's the healing process that takes time. Cause you did, you betrayed yourself to stay in a relationship with a person mm-hmm. who treated you in a way you knew you didn't deserve to be treated and you let them convince you that you were crazy even though somewhere inside of you you knew that you weren't Mm -hmm. you betrayed yourself for that relationship and so it's rebuilding that trust back with yourself to know that like you have your back no matter what I got my back I know I can get through things that are hard I know that whatever happens I'm going to be able to 
set boundaries and then enforce them when things don't feel when I feel like they're being disrespected yeah but that is a process yeah therapy really helps with that and also going through the betrayal you do kind of learn you and I were similar in the in the ways that we stayed and we hoped for the best and like hoped that we could repair and you know, our intuition was going off, but we were told, you just don't trust me. It was a lot of gaslighting Mm -hmm. and a lot of manipulation. And that is a huge trigger for me as well, because that was what my stepdad did my entire life to cover up what he was truly doing was there was a lot of, you just need help. You don't know how to be loved by a man. I grew up thinking that I couldn't listen to my intuition and my voice. And Mm -hmm. then I found myself in a marriage where I was never honored in my voice or my intuition. And it does, it like gets to this point where it's like, I will never do that again. Like I look back on all these like signs and all these things that I was like, they weren't adding up and they weren't making sense. It's just like what they say. Like, if you think that he's cheating, he's cheating. Yeah. Like, you know. Your intuition knows. Yeah. And men are not smart about hiding it. They give themselves away. They really do. Especially when they start acting different. That's the first thing. They pull fights out of thin air and their behavior and demeanor towards you like completely changes. And that's like, you you have that, like you have the action and then you have the intuition. That's like, bye. See yeah. you later. I'm out. And that was a lot of what I was experiencing too in that in my marriage was thinking, man, he's really struggling with depression. Like he's depressed. Like he needs to be on medication. He needs help. We were in marriage therapy. He was also in his own therapy to like really uncover this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like going through the highs and the lows because that's just what I thought I had to do, you know, like I thought he like really needed help. And I look back now and I'm like, I don't even know that he was like depressed because it was a mental health issue. I feel like he was depressed because he was living a double life. Yeah. And I was always the punching bag. Once a month, it was always like, you don't do this and this and this and this. I I would just be so blindsided because I would just be like, I don't really feel like our life is that bad. Like, I don't really feel like I'm that bad. Like, he always needed to escape from the kids or from me. Like, he always needed to go off and go do something. That was my ex too. But now it makes so much sense. Like, he was living a double life and he hated himself for it and he hated me for it. Mm -hmm. And I look back now and I'm like, wow, what a, like, master manipulator. And I feel like it's a whole nother thing now to share kids with somebody like that. And that is, like, a really, really hard topic for me because I have to drop my kids off with this person. And that part is, like, really hard for me. And I just, I wish that I could, like, go back. And I know we were talking about this downstairs, but it's, like, I wish I could go back and know then what I know now of like all these signs Mm -hmm. you know in the beginning that were there they were very much there you know I was 22 when we met so very different I'm 32 now I'm almost 33 I've going on three kids yeah I'm a totally different person and the interesting thing is like they're not yeah (laughs) that's they haven't changed at all yeah the one thing my ex started saying to me so much when he started cheating on me was like you're different you've changed and I'm like Yeah, no, duh. We have a kid. What do you want me to be? A 22-year-old alcoholic who doesn't care about her responsibilities? Plays video games till 3 a.m.? Yeah, like, no, of course I've changed. And even if I didn't have a kid, I still would hope that I would have changed in life. Like, you're supposed to grow and change and get better and do things that are better for you. Yeah, and the real sticker of, like, a comment is like you haven't changed yeah like that's the why are you still the same 10 years later yeah why are you still doing the same things for my ex 
Alex as well. I mean, he was 35 when we met. You know, he's 45 now, and it's very alarming um, to see him still doing the same things and going for these, like, women half his age, you know, where it was, like, that was how old I was when we first met. And it didn't feel that wrong when he was 35 and I was 22. It didn't seem like it was wrong. It reminds me of that Olivia Rodrigo line. Which one? You went for me and not her because girls oh. her age know better. Exactly. Yeah. I told him that. I was yeah. like, 22-year-old me, you could get away with this stuff. 31-year-old mom me, yeah. this is not flying. Yeah. And he didn't like that. Uh, the accountability. Boundary. Yeah. <laughs> the boundary, the accountability, the like demanding for change. Yeah, all of it. So I feel like this is a process, right? And this is the hard part about betrayal because it's just got so much stuff to uncover but I think that the one thing that I owe myself right now is to grieve and to just feel it and know that like I am safe now and I am in a good place now and it's two things can exist at once like I am Mm -hmm. in a good place and I wasn't then and Mm -hmm. like that makes me sad yeah a lot of what I learn to in hypnotherapy um, when I really worked through this stuff with my stepdad and it took me a really long time to get there but my hypnotherapist was always like she had been through a lot of trauma she had you know dealt with a lot of stuff too and so it was very healing for her and kind of a message that she passed to me is to like go through life feeling um, empathy for those people yes because they something clearly they're broken they're broken yeah and you're not a broken person. Yeah. You know, you're already breaking the cycle and you're committed to doing better. And they'll never know that. Yeah. They will never be able to experience that. And that's really sad for them. Yeah. And I am feeling that for him. You know, I just feel really bad for him and sad for him. I don't like saying like never because it, it, it feels so hopeless that like I know that it feels like that right now and, and he's, his patterns or whatever. But I think specifically about my dad who has made a lot of really poor yeah. life choices and screwed a lot of people over, specifically women through his life, you know. And now he's come to like his... 60s and he had like a near-death experience he got sick and now he survived that and so he's kind of like reflecting on his life and trying to do better and grow as a person and really like making an effort you know he's been like calling me once a week to like talk to me just to talk and catch up and connect with his children and do differently he just texted me the other day and asked if I wanted to go on vacation with him and his wife to Colorado in the summertime you know just like things like we never had that kind of relationship and and it always felt like I will never have that kind of relationship with my dad you know I love my dad I've always loved him well I I hated him for a little while when I was like 12 but then like as a grown-up I've always loved him and thought he was great and funny but it wasn't like a fatherly kind of connection Mm -hmm. and within the last two years it feels more like that because he's finally starting to like take accountability for his choices and then make changes to do better in life with people like our exes it's easy because right now they're they're not making the changes really and so it's easy to look at them and be like they're never going to heal but I like to believe now that when I think about 22 year old Kristen and all of the really awful decisions she made for her life you know which I don't even look as awful decisions now because they all led me to hear you know but it's like people would have looked at her and been like she will never be the person that 
she is right now because it just seemed like she was so like stubborn and stuck in her ways and her mm-hmm. way was the way and yeah. not that I'm still not a little bit of those things yeah. but in a more like enlightened way you know in a more empathetic and compassionate way and and obviously if you're in the beginning of or in like the really thick of it you know it's it's hard to like even think that but I like to believe now that like one day my ex is going to, something is going to happen to him and it's going to trigger a desire a force him to have to become a better person Mm -hmm. and have to grow and I would like to believe that the same thing will happen to your ex yeah I hope that for him too I mean of course I hope that but it is sad it's sad to look at them and be like you guys are so close they both know the things you know they have the tools they do they've done the therapy they know where they need to make the changes and right now they're just not strong enough to make the changes and it's sad to watch that yeah. And so, like, having that sort of empathy, like, that's sad for you. Yeah. I hope that you can figure that out. I do, too. It's really hard to heal narcissism. And, you know, I think more so, too, with my stepdad of, like, just coming to that place with my therapist where she was like, you know, you'll, he'll never yeah. experience the kind of true love and the things that you're feeling because he's a broken individual. And I, I do agree with that. He is a sick person. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll ever be able to get there. I do hope that for... My ex-husband. Um, but again, I worry about that because I was fully convinced that he was like a very enlightened person and like would meditate. And I know. It's scary. That's what it's scares scary. me. What scares me so much. But then when I had my little epiphany the other day and I was like, okay, I can understand. Because I've always like kind of looked at you in this last year and I'm like, I just can't understand how Tessa can like be in a relationship and be so trusting in that relationship after, after going through. through what she just went through. I know. And then when I had that little epiphany the other day, I was like, oh, it makes sense because if you feel safe in it yeah, and you trust yourself enough to know yeah. that you will leave if you don't feel safe in it. You won't betray yourself. Yeah. But also I just think like I got really lucky in finding somebody that provides that for me. Yeah. You know, like I really do feel like that. If it was anybody else, I don't think it would have been this easy. But it's just weirdly easy with Corey. I thought the same thing. I think about that all the time. Like, (laughs) the first date we went on, I'm like, just so you know, I don't have anything to offer you. Like, so, no relationship. I'm not going to be able to get there. And here we are, (laughs) engaged. We're about to have a baby. and I'm like, Yeah, raising our babies together. And I'm so happy. Like, I'm so thankful every night and every morning that I, like, go to bed and wake up to him where I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm so freaking thankful that I have this person, you know? And, like, that has healed me in so many ways. It's like seeing that there is actually, like, a relationship and a man out there that can give that to you. Yeah. And I think I just had to, like... Well, and that you can feel so safe in it so quickly. Yeah. Because I feel like that's a thing for me that I'm, like... Something I feel like I've been grieving is, like, the couple of times where I think of my trauma bonds that, you know, I've confused as love. And it was just, like, instantly I felt safe in these connections. I was so open to the idea of love and just, like, loving openly mm. and loving fully. So for me now, I'm, like, how can I ever do that again? Yeah that won't ever be able to happen again yeah but then I've watched you do it and so then I'm like okay it's just the person some person will come along and will make you feel safe enough to do that again and then I think too like I think about whenever me and Miller broke up and then I felt like I would never love somebody the way that I loved him again and then I met my ex and then I loved him even more than I loved that guy you know so now I'm like how silly because like somebody will come along eventually that will make me love them more than any of them and it'll be so much better because it will be like healthy healed 
yeah real love that makes me feel very 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 safe yeah I totally agree with that and I also when I was in marriage counseling and I asked her how do you rebuild what in your marriage with like after betrayal you know like that's where I'm stuck at like I don't know I'm not grieving it anymore but I don't know where to go from there I remember she saying that rebuilding trust is like an empty glass and you one by one in the little things you put a marble in your jar and then soon enough after all these little things that like you needed to feel safe and secure and trust that jar fills up and then it's like a no-brainer like you just know but with Corey, I feel like, because remember there was, there was resistance in the beginning. Yeah. I was like, no, this can't happen. I was freaked out. Like, But I don't think it was because how you felt. I think it was because of the physical like circumstances of it. You know, like him having kids and... No, yeah, but it was all those things. It was also how I felt. I was yeah. like, I don't want I don't. But want I mean, this. you felt, yeah, but you felt that is what I'm saying. Like you did well, yeah. feel like you loved him. And so that's why it was scary. You well, like, yeah, yeah, but I, I didn't want, I didn't feel like I was ready for any of yeah. this yet. Mm-hmm. And like that was really hard for me even when we moved in when we were moving in together remember I was like crying and I was like I'm so scared to like put myself out there again and like what if what if I get hurt you know and like it was really scary but I feel like for the first time in my life he has shown me that example every little thing that he does he puts a marble in the jar Mm -hmm. like it's all the little things we never go through one tiff or one argument where he's not like you tell me what you need you tell me this is a boundary it's done I'll never do it again like I might I might struggle to learn like yeah. I'm human but he's putting in the effort to make the changes yeah it's just a whole new light of like how it could be and I feel like that is the only reason why I'm able to do any of this is because of like what he brings to the table you yeah know? like and it's also me too like I, I healed a lot yeah in marriage counseling I did a lot of work in hypnotherapy through my 20s you know so it's like it's not all like just on him I think there was a lot of healing that has taken place over the course of like the last like six or seven years. Yeah, of course. For me. The thing you said about your um your therapist saying like rebuilding trust is like putting the marbles in a jar is interesting. Like take the relationship out of it, like rebuilding your trust with yourself. Stop. So where you're at right now, you most likely have an empty cup, you know, because of everything that you just went through. And you got to start rebuilding trust with yourself. They say if you want to have the perfect partner, you need to be the perfect partner mm-hmm. for yourself first. Mm-hmm. So loving myself in all the ways that I want to be loved. And it's like as little as one time I was sick and I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt like crap. And I was like, ugh, I feel like trash right now you know and I was like trying to convince myself just go back to bed just ignore it just ignore it and then I was like wait a second Kristen what would you do if someone you loved woke up in the middle of the night and was like hey I'm sick you would get up out of bed and you would go get medicine and you would go get water and you would take care of that person love yourself that way do that for yourself start doing those things for yourself and put those little marbles into that jar and Mm -hmm. rebuild that trust with yourself and that love with yourself and I think that is a great way to start healing through anything anything yeah but specifically we're talking about you know betrayal in a relationship and the the aftermath of it and and giving examples of ways to do it without journaling and meditating yeah and so that is a good you know just find think about how you want a partner to love you because I think we can all think about that it's easy to think about how we want someone to come in and save us Mm -hmm. and love us in this way and okay okay now love yourself that way first do that for yourself first I think it is so true and I think men respond to that in your relationship they when you are taking care of yourself and you show them that like this is what you want and this is what you're not you're not going to settle for anything yeah less. these are your standards they're going to step up to the plate or the right person. they're not exactly yeah. or they're not and they're just not there they don't reach, reach your standards maybe yeah. there's nothing wrong with them but they just don't reach your standards anymore yeah. after everything you went through 
I truly believe that. So hopefully this helped answer that question a little bit. I actually recorded a podcast before this episode solo and I think that it's it will be a good one to post after this and it will go into a couple more things in more detail um, and just from my, my point of view. So I like that we have Tessa's point of view a lot in this one and so I'll post that one next week. Now let's go to our gratitude segment which I like to point out that right now we're going to go into our gratitude and what we're looking forward to segment and so we would like you our listeners to do the same thing with yourself so think about something that you are grateful for and something that you are looking forward to gratitude is also a great place to start just anything you can think of to be grateful for that will help pull you out of the darkness of yes betrayal yes or any darkness in life and on that note just on the the listener that reached out and said that she's not a journaler I totally understand that approach from people and I think this is a great start of journaling is just journal what you're grateful yes, for and you yeah. don't have to write a whole or entry or, yeah. of your emotions and what happened or, during the day like I don't really journal like that unless I absolutely need to get something out yeah. but like affirmations and gratitude is huge to connecting with yourself and staying grounded and honoring yourself yes so and building yourself back up yeah you really got to build yourself back up yeah great place to start Okay, you go. Okay. Well, I guess just on this segment, I one of the things that I have just been reminding myself of, of, even though I've like felt like this pain and like the betrayal coming up again, it's like I know that if I didn't go through everything that I went through these last 10 years, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have Marley and Sage and I would have never moved here and never had that experience that we had when we lived together and just never would have found Corey, you know? And, like, I have been just reminding myself that even even through the pain and even through still saying, okay, yeah, this sucks and this hurts, I'm still thankful for it all because Mm -hmm. it all led me here and I wouldn't change who I am or what I have now for anything in the world. So I will say, like, as much as it hurts and as much as it sucks, I'm still thankful for it all. Getting to that mindset is huge and it will it helps you so much it's like I always say it's not happening to you it's happening for you yeah and you might not know the reason why but one day you will one day you might love yourself as much as I love myself now or you might find a Corey you know like well and I love myself too yes 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 (laughs) I'm not saying maybe you'll love yourself or you'll just be loved by someone I don't know (laughs) maybe you'll get both that's what I should have said (laughs) yeah what are you looking forward to I can't say Wesley because you're saying him every time. Okay, but I'm literally bouncing on a ball and I could have a baby at any moment. I'm looking. Are you looking forward, forward to, to it. birth, giving birth? Yes. Okay. I'm so excited. I am manifesting that I'm going to go into labor naturally, and I didn't. What I have not done that yet. So, like for me, I had my redemption late like birth with sage yeah. and now i want my redemption labor like yeah. start to finish with this baby i want to go into labor all naturally i want to just take it all in and then i want to go to the hospital and get an epidural and like ride it out and have a baby and nurse and i'm excited let's go eat spicy thai food yeah i know thursday <laughs> um, that's the yeah. plan you want to come do it. yeah okay. i do yeah <laughs> okay so what am I grateful for I was gonna say like basically exactly what you said like grateful for this mindset now but I think I'll say that I'm grateful for therapy the first time I ever did therapy in my life was whenever I went to couples counseling with my really yep it's the first time I've ever done therapy and it was a terrible experience obviously Mm. because I was in therapy with a man who was cheating on me and pretending like he wasn't and we also didn't really have have a good therapist therapist. like but since then since I've left and I've had I had a a female therapist and then just recently she retired and then I 
I decided that I needed to get a male therapist to work through some of my trust issues with men. And I really like him so far, which I think is good. You know, I'm finding more examples of men that I can actually like and trust and share things with. And, um, you know, that there are men out there who I can tell my story with and they'll be like, wow, you've been through a lot. And they're like, oh, wow, well, why'd your husband cheat on you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that's been really good. And I'm just, I'm really grateful for therapy. And I'm looking forward to... Well, the Super Bowl is on Sunday, so if you, if we're gonna have like a little Taylor Swift Super Bowl oh, party, and I just invited Kelsey and Jay too, so it'll be like, are they still here? yeah, yeah. Oh. so it'll be like Tessa and Corey, as long as Wesley's not here yet, and yeah. Kelsey and Jay and Taylor Swift. I know. Well, yeah, I mean, in the go Chiefs, you know, like yeah. it's, I don't really care about the football, right? I, I made a pact with myself whenever I stopped working at Wing House that I would never care about sports I again. I know, and it's so true. You were not yeah. into sports. I love it. I'm excited to watch the football, but also I'm excited because it's now tied it with Taylor Swift. Yeah, win win for all of us. Yes. yes. Next week I'll post that episode that I already have recorded, and then. Uh, maybe after that, I'll be telling you guys about how little Wesley is here Aww. and how Tess is doing. So yeah. send her all the positive uh, mother birthing vibes. Yeah. And I'll see you guys next week.